It is May the 4th, Thursday, 2023 on the prayer list. We should ask for wisdom for the times we're living in. We're going to talk about these times tonight. Uh, Marta and Charles, blessings for their business, blessings for them personally, and uh, Sebron for hopefully a resolution to custody on his children. Um, there's a lady on uh, Facebook, Kathleen Klein, had a prayer list, and I just want to back her up on what she has. She's from California on the author's group. Uh, John and Ruby, Vassie and Linda, Gail, Pack, uh, she's always joining our uh, prayer list on the Facebook. Uh, Chuck Knipp and his father, Bella, continued blessings, Marcos, for his son's salvation. Morgan, Lindsay's friend, for her needs. Our children and our grandchildren for protection from the evil one. Blessings for Ray. And for John Park. John's really working. They're working him so hard. And, um, I wish he could get free. and I know he'd be here if he could. That's not an easy job he's got either. Oh, I know. Uh, Christian says she saw him out there in that high wind the other day, as cold as it was, carrying a big bag of trash in each hand coming from the fuel station out there at Food City, going to, I guess, probably to the dumpster around back. And then pushing those shopping carts. Uh, Mike Burton, for whatever his needs are, uh, Brittany, the family that had lost uh, her mother. Bob's children, Stephanie and Mike, salvation for other unsaved members of his family, his next door neighbor, Gail, for upcoming operation. The folks in Europe, for peace and strength, and for Ted Merrick. Rex, Eric, Bud, Bud will be back in a couple of weeks. Is that right? Yes. John Park again. Uh, Ted again. Bob and Ray. John Hartman. America. Unsaved family members. Persecuted Christians. Ray for his lost loved ones and his family. And the people of that group, the Proud Boys, they're trying to railroad them. And uh, children being adopted. Is that right? Salvation for all. Let's join hands. Only adopted, but abducted. Abducted is what you wrote. Okay. <clears throat> oh, goodness, yes. The child trafficking situation. Lord, intervene. We pray in the name of Jesus tonight. We pray, God, that as you looked at this prayer list before it was even written, you knew what would be on it. You know the requests are sincere. You know, perhaps even in this moment, we're thinking of others that we would add and let us do that just by thought alone because your word has said you know our thoughts. You know our inmost being. We thank you, God, for this life you've given us and for the help that we find in Christ. We want to learn tonight, Lord. We want to fellowship. We want to pray in the Spirit. We want to be taught by you. In Jesus' name, amen.
Let's get a picture of this cord. Is that on the Facebooks? You know, God is able to use all things, all things to work together for the good of those who love Him, the Bible tells us. And, um, you know, uh, social media is no different, it's no exception. Um, can God use Facebook? Twitter, Instagram, you better believe it. There have been a lot of people um, who found lost siblings through these platforms. They're not all evil. Now, you can use it for evil, uh, you, you know, but let me just tell you. You say, oh, I'm so pious, I won't get on there. You know, I checked the other day and butter won't melt in my mouth, so I'm not getting on there. You're not heading Satan off at the pass by simply avoiding certain... I'm not telling you to get on social, social media. I'm really not. It's a big time waste. It is. But don't think that he can't. That the enemy can't find inroads into your life um, in other ways should he wish to do that. And you know that he does. What's got me on this tonight is um, the continued seeming full court press of the enemy invading our society to a degree that we haven't seen in our lifetimes. I thought that it was bad enough that Anheuser-Busch, the beer company, puts this transgender character on the Bud Light can. You might want to silence that thing. Oh, that's okay. No worries. You can just, if you need to answer it, that's fine. Um, and that's cost the company so far $7 billion. People are pushing back, and that's good. It's good to see. Jack Daniels, that makes whiskey. Um decided they should have a drag queen show April 21st. They lost a lot of business over that. A lot of people who've been purchasers of their stuff and many of you are going to say, well, good, you shouldn't be drinking whiskey anyway because that's a sin. You know what? That's another study that I can promise you is not a sin. By so many different verses, getting drunk is a sin. Having a beer or a pour of whiskey or two is not a sin if you're not drunk. But now, the United States Navy has put, <laughs> it's, it's horrible, has a transgender enlisted person making videos in drag trying to recruit sailors. Now, the only sailors they're going to get through those avenues are demented, mentally ill, probable homosexuals. That's what they're going to get. 
those are the ones that are going to be manning the naval power of the United States going forward, it looks like. I wish this weren't true. It is true. Look it up. If you have a Twitter page, you'll see it more than you wish you did. Did you see what the one Marine that was in on the getting Osama bin Laden, what he said about all that mess? It's a, oh, you, you need to look at it. Let me do that. I, I, in my opinion, I think Osama bin Laden was, was a CIA contrivance. Uh, they needed someone to blame the towers going down in New York City on September 11th, 2001. And for our podcast listeners to this study, I'll just suggest you go to rumble.com, rumble.com and type in World Trade Center Building 7. Video after video of that Building 7 going down. Dan Rather was live on the air when it went down you know dan rather's no friend to conservatives right but he said well why is this building falling it looks like a controlled demolition and boy did it ever and other people were saying the same thing there was no plane that hit it well they needed to make up a story quick i believe there was another pixelated airplane that was supposed to hit it but it didn't. So they said, well, we, we you know, it, the fire was out of control from debris that fell from one of the big towers and we just, we couldn't get it out and uh, we decided to uh, do a, we decided to demolish the building. How dumb would you have to be to believe that narrative? Democrat at a level. It may not be necessarily dumb that would, that you'd need to be, but so afraid of truth that you just can't stand to face it that you just can't imagine that such a thing could actually take place this is what 20 soon 22 years ago um stuff's been going on in the 60s they kill john f kennedy who's potentially one of the the best president we might have ever had didn't happen the way they said it happened but the people continue to believe the lies and satan continues his push toward what he believes will be ultimate dominance even dominating god himself i will be like the most high we see him say in isaiah chapter 14 Don't be afraid of the truth. If you have Christ, and we all do have Christ, we have nothing to fear. He said, in this world, you'll see tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He will guard us. He will protect us. Read and meditate on Psalm 91. Find comfort in Christ, in his word. And there's nothing to fear. 
but don't turn your head the other way when you are shown a truth. When you come face to face with a truth, such as there was not an airliner that hit the Pentagon on that day, September 11th of 2001. Again, podcast listeners, go to Flickr.com. That's spelled F-L-I-C-K-R-R. F-L-I-C-K-R-R.com. Type in Pentagon, September 11th. And you will find an overhead picture of the damage to the Pentagon on September 11th. A Piper Cub would have done more damage. One of CNN's reporters, who I'm sure got deep-sixed, sleeping with the fishes probably, he went over in there. He wasn't supposed to be in there. But as a good reporter will often do, they break rules to get in there and get the story, right? Well, he got in there. And he had a cameraman showing the area. He said, I don't see any plane parts here. Yes, there's damage, but nothing on the level that you'd expect from a 737. Look up the picture on Flickr, F-L-I-C-K-R-R dot com. Pentagon 9-11. You'll see that picture. That picture was actually a day or so after the fact, but uh, you can tell. There was no commercial airliner that hit that building. Who is this enemy that we're speaking of? Well, we know. Through the word of God, we know. We know what he's doing. We know what he's up to. We know what his goals are. His aspirations are. And we know he hates us. If you're a child of God, he hates you every bit as much as he hates God himself. And Jesus said that they hate you. He hates you because he hates me. Why should we normalize homosexuality and so-called transgender Recently on social media, I was engaging in some back and forth with some people that were supporting this whole transgender idea on with word of mouth. One of them said, uh, why are you so hostile toward transgender community? I said, there's no such thing as a transgender. You're a boy or you're a girl. You're a woman or a man. No such thing. I had to tell two or three of them that. Some deceived young lady, no doubt a product of the current public school system, uh, made a little meme that said, if life begins at conception, of course, they don't want to believe that either because they want to abort babies. If they don't want that child, they want to go ahead and kill that child in the womb. She says, if life begins at conception, then all men are transgender. Now that makes no sense whatsoever. So I responded to that by saying, tell me you failed biology without telling me you failed biology. You know, the, um, the egg produced by the female is fertilized either by 
a male sperm or a female sperm. This is God's design. Don't cringe. It's God's design. Interestingly, the male sperm swim faster. Just like old Leah Thomas swimming against the females. What a disaster that has been. But that young lady, Riley Gaines, she ought to be on everyone's prayer list. I wish I'd written her down here. She's 22 years old, same age as Forrest. She says, I was going into dentistry, but I'm changing my major. I'm changing what I'm going to do. I'm going to stand up for women's rights, real women, so that you don't have to look at men undressed in the girls' locker room, fully intact men claiming to be women. These fully intact men go to lesbian women and can't understand why they won't you know lay with them because why well, I'm a woman and you're 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 a lesbian this is how absurd it's all got this is how insane it's all got and if you want to see it continue if you want to see it continue to fester and get worse then just jerk your head like an old cur dog the other way I can't believe he's talking about this theory it needs to be talked about we're in an uproar now that they put transgender in the, in the women's prison somewhere. Now all the inmates are getting pregnant and they don't know what to do now. Of course. It's absolutely absurd. We bought that idiotic narrative. So the, the male sperm is faster. But if the egg wall is a bit thicker than they can overcome when they get to it, the females catch up and they go in first because they're stronger. This is God's design. Male and female created he them, the Bible says. You're one or the other. And we have to start speaking out against this. I mean, you might get be ready to, to uh, perhaps even come to blows but for, for simply speaking the truth. But as long as these, these demon-possessed freaks of nature are allowed to carry on, in our society, in front of our children, they'll continue. They won't stop. Something needs to be done or said. Genesis chapter 19. And I'm reading here out of the NIV, and I'll toggle back to the KJV if need be. There's a couple passages here. I, I wanted them to be abundantly clear to the modern English speaker. Genesis 19, the two angels arrived at Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gateway of the city. When he saw them, he got up to meet them and bowed down with his face to the ground. My lords, he said, please turn aside to your servant's house. You can wash your feet and spend the night and then go on your way early in the morning. No, they answered, we will spend the night in the square. But he insisted so strongly that they did go with him and entered his house. He prepared a meal for them, baking bread without yeast, and they ate. Before they had gone to bed, all the men from every part of the city of Sodom, both young and old, surrounded the house. They called to Lot, where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us so that we can have sex with them. 
Lot went outside to meet them and shut the door behind him and said, No, my friends, don't do this wicked thing. Look, I have two daughters who have never slept with a man. Let me bring them out to you, and you can do what you like with them. Great daddy, huh? But don't do anything to these men, for they have come under the protection of my roof. Mm. Get out of our way, they replied. And they said, this fellow came here as an alien, and now he wants to play the judge. We'll treat you worse than them. They kept bringing pressure on Lot and moved forward to break down the door. But the men inside reached out and pulled Lot back into the house and shut the door. You know that these men are angels, right? Then they struck the men who were at the door of the house, young and old with blindness, so that they could not find the door. The two men said to Lot, Do you have anyone else here? Sons-in-law, sons or daughters, or anyone else in the city who belongs to you? Get them out of here because we are going to destroy this place. The outcry to the Lord against its people is so great that he has sent us to destroy it. We'll continue here in a bit. But they're struck with blindness, young and old alike, and they can't find the door. I think the metaphor there is obvious. How many are blind and they cannot find that pathway, the door. Jesus said, I'm the door. Verse 14, so says, Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law who were pledged to marry his daughters. He said, hurry and get out of this place because the Lord is about to destroy the city. But his sons-in-law thought he was joking. With the coming of dawn, the angels urged Lot saying, hurry, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, or you will be swept away when the city is punished. When he hesitated, the men grasped his hand and the hands of his wife and of his two daughters and led them safely out of the city, for the Lord was merciful to them. As soon as they had brought them out, one of them said, Flee for your lives. Don't look back and don't stop anywhere in the plain. Flee to the mountains or you will be swept away. But Lot said to them, No, my lords, please, your servant has found favor in your eyes and you have shown great kindness to me in sparing my life, but I can't flee to the mountains. This disaster will overtake me and I'll die. Look, here is a town near enough to run to, and it is small. Let me flee to it. It is very small, isn't it? Then my life will be spared. He said to them very well, I will grant this request. You know, you can have a give and take with God's angels and God himself, and maybe there's many places in the Bible that you know, uh, intercession was made. Uh, you know, Moses did that a lot. And God agreed. 
So these angels say, okay, you can go to this little town. I will speak, I'm sorry, I will not overthrow the town you speak of, but flee there quickly because I cannot do anything until you reach it. That is why the town was called Zoar. Maybe Zor. The angel said, I can't do anything till you're safe. Here too is a picture of the rapture of the church. Until those who belong to the Lord are delivered to safety, the wrath of God and of His Lamb will not be poured out. Verse 23, By the time Lot reached Zoar, the sun had risen over the land. Then the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. Thus he overthrew those cities and the entire plain, including all those living in the cities and also the vegetation in the land. But Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. Early in the next morning, early the next morning, Abraham got up and returned to the place where he had stood before the Lord. He looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah, toward all the land of the plain, and he saw dense smoke rising from the land like smoke from a furnace. So when God destroyed the cities of the plain, he remembered Abraham and he brought Lot out of the catastrophe that overthrew the cities where Lot had lived. Lot and his two daughters left Zoar and settled in the mountains, for he was afraid to stay in Zoar. He and his two daughters lived in a cave. One day the older daughter said to the younger, Our father is old and there is no man around here to lie with us as is the custom all over the earth, let's get our father to drink wine and then lie with him and preserve our family line through our father. That night they got their father to drink wine and the older daughter went in and lay with him. He was not aware of it when she laid down or when she got up. The next day, the older daughter said to the younger, Last night I'll lay with my father. Let's get him to drink wine again tonight. And you go in and lie with him so we can preserve our family line through our father. So they got their father to drink wine and that night also. And the younger daughter went in and lay with him again. He was not aware of it when she lay down or when she got up. So both of Lot's daughters became pregnant by their father. The older daughter had a son, and she named him Moab. He is the father of the Moabites of today. The younger daughter also had a son, and she named him Ben-Ami, for he is the father of the Ammonites of today. Lot, uh, Peter said, Lot was a righteous man, vexed by the place that he lived. And you can be vexed by the times that we're living in if you're not careful. You can become part of the problem instead of part of the solution. And I would suggest 
You couldn't possibly be a bigger part of the problem than to simply say nothing, than not to speak out against this mess that we find ourselves in. You're always going to have these who say, well, where's the love? Where's the love? These people need Jesus. Of course they do. Do you think I don't see that? You think they won't spit in your face if they've been blinded? They will. If they belong to the Lord. See, a little inconvenient truth for many. I mean, this is not a Calvinistic passage. But Jesus said, No one comes to me except that the Father who sent me draw him. God evaluates all mankind. There's a passage, I think it's in Isaiah, his eyes move to and fro over all the earth. He sees everybody for who they are. He saw the heart of a boy named David, a shepherd. He saw the heart of a man named Saul of Tarsus. Can you imagine a good-hearted person doing what Saul of Tarsus was engaged in doing against Christians, against the church? But somehow God said, that's the man I want? See, God knew him. You know, uh, if you look in um, Jeremiah, I think uh, 17... Verse 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? That's a question. Who can understand the heart? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward a man according to his conduct, according to what his deeds deserve. So um, God can look at the heart. Desperately wicked, the King James says in that verse. So some somebody might look desperately wicked to us, like Saul of Tarsus looked, but he apparently didn't look that way to God. <coughs> the uh, main angle that the enemy is using right now, uh, go back to the Old Testament, 1 Kings, um, 15 this uh, this gay lobby has not just come about recently obviously first kings 15 15 just one verse it has to do with the reign of Asa and Judah Verse 12, he expelled the male shrine prostitutes from the land and got rid of all the idols his fathers had made. What do we have in King James, verse 12, 1 Kings 15? And he took away the sodomites out of the land and removed all the idols that his father had made. Sodomites. Male shrine prostitutes, that is what that word refers to. Do we get to change what the Word of God says to 
parallel, more modern ways of thinking. Didn't God say he's the same yesterday, today, and forever? Didn't he say that his word is settled forever in heaven? Do you think all of a sudden he's making exceptions? We all do have places that we wish weren't there. If you're not beset by that sin, if you're not beset by the sin of homosexual lust, then you're probably beset by some other sin. And like Brother Ted says, three-pointing back at you, I mean, don't be judgmental to a fault. Of course they say this is how things were then. Well, that's how things were back then. They're not that way now. What does uh, Paul say in Romans chapter 1? Twenty-six through twenty-eight. Now they've. Uh, this is a nineteen eighty-four New International Version. They've changed it two or three times since then. And every time they do, they make it a little more favorable. They, they they make it a little less specific to what the original Greek said. This one says it like it's written. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust one for another. Men committed indecent acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their perversion. Furthermore, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, he gave them over to do to a depraved mind to do what ought not be done. People like say, oh, that's HIV AIDS. They received in themselves the penalty. No. I mean, that's one thing that can happen to us. And when we do things as God wouldn't have, not everybody got AIDS as a gay person. Most of them were. Many gay people literally hope to be with Christ. They find a church that will teach them that this is just the way it was back in Paul's time. You just have to understand, you know, Jesus never said a word against homosexuality. You hear this one? Jesus never said a word about it. The entire Bible is God-breathed. Old Testament, New Testament, it's all the Word of God. So we're supposed to just, because we didn't find it written in red letters, just disregard everything else that we'd like to? There's painful places for all of us in this Word. I try to find loopholes where I don't have to obey government. Well, maybe I have found some. I mean, surely God didn't mean for the German people who were protecting the Jews and hiding them to be truthful to the Nazis when they came around looking for Jews. Surely, I suppose he would have intended that they lie. 
Rahab, the harlots in the Faith Hall of Fame, she lied, right, to these officials. Just use good judgment. You know, stay as close to God as you can and His Holy Spirit in you and make your decisions that way. But don't be one of these people. Well, this is just Paul. This is just what Paul... Paul was also a misogynist. You know, Paul's the one that said, you know, women, wives should obey their husbands. That was Paul. That wasn't God. God's not like that. But we all find places that we like to wordsmith into something that it doesn't really say. So the gay lobby has done this, but other things. You know, all of the people that are doing this right here, go to Leviticus. Uh, and it's going to be uh, first 18, chapter 18. And it's verse 22. And, and this is the law. God is laying down the law. And, and he hasn't changed his opinion about this. Verse 22, Leviticus 18. Do not lie with a man as one lies with a woman. That is detestable. Next verse says, Do not have sexual relations with an animal and defile yourself with it. A woman must not present herself to an animal to have sexual relations with it. That is a perversion. There are certain things you don't need to talk about, but they can do this. It was apparently going on, right? All this stuff. Flip over to chapter 20 of Leviticus. And it'll be uh, verse 13. If a man lies with a man as one lies with a woman, both of them have done what is detestable. They must be put to death. Their blood will be on their own heads. And does this mean we should use capital punishment on a gay couple? No. This was the Old Testament law. Hadn't changed. God's opinion hadn't changed. This is how it was done then. He says in Romans that they receive in their body the recompense, which is meat. In other mm -hmm. words, they get what they ask sure. for. And so do we all. Mm -hmm. You know, if we hide porn at home and live in that, you can't. You, you won't have God's blessing. That's right. It's so easy for people to get that on their phones and it stuff. It is. It's easier than ever. It's, and it was the devil's intent. So um, let's come to the New Testament, to the book of Jude, for a verse. Verse, I'm just going to read verse 5 through 7. Though you already know all this, I want to remind you that the Lord, this is chapter 1, but there's only one chapter. Jude, chapter 1, if you will, verse 5. Though you already know 
all this, I want to remind you that the Lord delivered his people out of Egypt, but later destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels who did not keep their positions of authority, but abandoned their own home, these he has kept in darkness, bound with everlasting chains for judgment on the great day. These are the angels who procreated with human women and and gave us the Nephilim, the giants. In a similar way, Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding towns gave themselves up to sexual immorality and perversion. They serve as an example of those who suffer the punishment of eternal fire. Some of these folks can be reached. I think most of them cannot. But let's go back to Lot again. You know, Peter says that he he was a man after... Well, he was a righteous man, is what Peter said, that uh, he was vexed by where he lived. Is it possible then for our young people, products of the public school system, to be vexed by where they're living? You better believe it. Was Lot considered unrighteous because he got vexed? No. He got taught wrong. And our schools, our society in America in particular, is teeming with tens of millions of young skulls full of mush, as Rush Limbaugh used to call them. Being taught wrong. Maybe we should have compassion on them and try to be kind. I'm really bad about this. You know, sometimes I've been batting it back and forth on word of mouth on a subject like this and find out I'm talking to a 16-year-old girl. I told that one girl, I'm not saying anything further to you. Your daddy's liable to come over here and pound me to a pulp. (laughs) But I didn't know that uh, I was talking to a kid. They're vexed. They're believing lies. Maybe we should seek the Lord and try to learn how to engage in a meaningful way. And you say, well, I'll engage with love. I'll just tell them Jesus loves you. and They'll laugh in your face. I know this for a fact because I've had that happen. Well, it's a cyber laugh in my face. They put the laughing emoji on Facebook if I say something. Um, how do you get to them? I haven't been doing very well with getting to any of them. I seem to look for the conflict. And the Bible says that, that, that uh, the wicked, it's a wicked man who, who seeks quarrels, who looks for uh, arguments. So let me not be that man. I had other verses written down. Go to Mark chapter 10, Gospel of Mark chapter 10.
verse 6. Well, let me just pick it up in 5. Letters in red, the words the Lord, he spoke these. It was because your hearts were hard that Moses wrote you this law, Jesus replied. But at the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let man not separate. Itching? Pardon me? You get itching? No, I bang my finger and it's bleeding a little. You want to notice that you shouldn't do that. I wouldn't bother you. <laughs> he made him male and female. We can't have it any other way. And you cannot change the gender that God assigned you at birth. And this satanic society that we're living in affirming a young person, sometimes even little kids, four or five-year-old. You don't know enough to know what you want, who you are. At that point in your life, it's child abuse. But it's going on. States are financing it and they're penalizing parents in some liberal states for not allowing little five-year-old Johnny to be turned into Susie. And they're, they're passing laws in schools now to keep it away knowledge. So the parents can't learn. Yeah. Get your children out of public schools, people. Get your children out of public schools. Well, I need them to get college educated. College education in the year of our Lord, 2023, doesn't mean a hill of beans 99% of the time. If you're going to be a doctor, a dentist, an attorney, you need that, of course. But most of these folks are going for, for, for these uh, curriculums and, and degrees that do them no good. It pumps their heads full of garbage, and they'll do that to a doctor as well. You know, uh, you're going to med school, you come out shot full of nonsense, shot full of lies. That's the age we're living in, and we need wisdom to navigate it, and there's no better wisdom than you find. There's no true wisdom at all if it's not from God. You find his wisdom in his word. You seek him in prayer for decisions that you may make. Well, we can't afford to homeschool our children. We both need to work. You know why you both need to work? Because you've got about seventy-five dollars or $80,000 worth of vehicles sitting out in the driveway. That's how. That's why, and that's only two cars. You got a thirty-five hundred square foot home and three people living in it. That's why you both need to work. Why don't we just call it what it is? You both need to work because of covetousness and greed. That's why. I see these pictures circulate on social media. It'll be a a, a man, you know, from nineteen fifties going out carrying his briefcase or his lunch pail or something to the one car. They had one car 
and you know, little toddler or two, not yet school age, the mother waving by, the children waving by. And it says, you know, in 1954, a family could get along on one income. But now, even two incomes aren't quite enough. Take another look at that picture. They've got one car. That's an old Ford or an old Chevy. Wasn't old then, but it's a Ford or a Chevy. If you see the house, 1,200 square foot house, probably. The housewife is gonna take care of that house that day, take care of those children that day, greet her husband when he comes home. Looking beautiful. And that's the harder job of the two. That is the harder job of the two. But you can't afford to make ends meet because of your greed. Well, I just want this new car or that one. And we need to build onto the house. I want to pay, you know what I want a backyard pool. God lets you have things, of course. Sometimes he'll let you choke on it as if it's quail, that you weren't satisfied with what you had. The manna just wasn't enough. And he'll let you gag yourself on quail till it runs out your nose. Read the account of that, and I think it's the book of Numbers. Being unsatisfied with what we have is one of the biggest issues we have today in serving the Lord, serving the Lord properly. We are told to be content with such things as we have. It's great gain. <clears throat> Godliness with contentment is great gain. Amen. Ephesians 5, just one verse, verse 11. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. So, that doesn't sound like God's telling us now. Don't you say anything against Leah Thomas. Leah Thomas is a woman. Leah Thomas is a female. Don't say anything. Where's the love? Jesus never said anything about transgenders. That's coming straight out of the mouth of Satan himself, dripping with venom from his fangs. You expose those, those deeds. You say something about it. You be like that little kid that knew that the emperor didn't have any clothes on. Everybody else was afraid. I know that's not Bible, but it's a good fable. Everybody else was afraid to offend the emperor. And they were just telling him how fancily dressed he was and how much they loved his new clothes. Finally, a little boy says, he's naked. And it, I think in the fable, it kind of catches on. So somebody says, well, yeah, I was kind of thinking that myself. <laughs> Actually, I didn't see any clothes. But if someone doesn't speak up, if we don't have the first person that speaks up, and this kid that says, you know, everyone was thinking it, I'm just saying it. The transgender thing was one of these things. And we have proof of that through what happened to Anheuser-Busch after they did what they did with their Bud Light brand. 
the number one beer selling, well, number one selling beer in America by far, and they killed it by putting a demented young man who thinks he's a woman on one of their beer cans. I, I've lost count of our clients who've shown up to our long-range shooting school, including those CIA and NSA guys. Shooting Bud Light cans. They wanted them set up downrange so they could blow them up at long range. Andrew from New York smoked one at 840 yards. <laughs> and we have that on video. And he's largely a liberal. How could you not be from New York City? He's a gun-owning liberal, but great guy, isn't he? Just a wonderful fellow. Yes, he was, I mean, he's sure, and he was very complimentary of you, Bob. He just went on and on. But um, this is not really a liberal conservative thing. This is a, this is deeper than that. Does Satan have a hook in your jaw? If he does, you're going to affirm all of this nonsense. First Timothy, let's do Second Timothy first. I think that made sense. Second Timothy three. Second Timothy three, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with them. Don't go to drag queen story hour in your elementary school. Have nothing to do with them. Ephesians 5.11, call it out. Say it for one. Don't be afraid. That's our problem now. We think we're outnumbered. We've got them outnumbered. There are people who will spend eternity in hell, unfortunately, who at least on some of these issues will be on your side. Maybe some of these discussions will allow you to tell them about the God who made them and the God who died to save them. First Timothy 4. The Spirit clearly says, this is verse 1, that in later times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. Churches are fracturing. The Methodist church is split over this transgender gay ideology. Well, it should, you know. You can't fellowship with someone who's going to spit in God's face and call themselves a Christian. You can't do that. Let's just say you ought not do that. And there will be consequences for doing that. You will be vexed by their thoughts and deeds. You may well make it to heaven. But you will have been much less useful to the Lord 
in evangelism and serving him than you might have been otherwise. We're all part of the body, but as one minister said, yes, we're all part of the body, but you don't want to be dandruff. I thought that was pretty good. You don't want to be dandruff. You know, we're all part of the body of Christ. You know, feet, hands, eyes, ears. Don't be the dandruff. We got to speak out. We have to speak out. We cannot continue putting up with this. Well, you're a bully. You're just a bully. No. Um, I am bringer of the truth. Don't shoot the messenger. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Well, I don't believe that Bible. You will one day. You'll believe it one day, and it may very well be too late when you do. Today is the day of salvation, the Bible tells us. When a a non-believer, an unsaved person hears that phrase, God is calling upon them. He laid the truth out for us in no uncertain terms. I had a friend one time who's an unbeliever, agnostic. He says, why don't God just write it across the sky, if if that's really what he wants to say? Well, according to Psalm 19, he did exactly that. He wrote it across the sky. The heavens declare the glory of God. I said, but as far as the English language, wouldn't it be a lot easier if he just put it down in a book that we could open up and read? I think so. You might not have to crane your neck so much, right? I think that's all I have. Anybody want to add or? Oh, where's Turbo? He's not been tap dancing around on the table. Oh, he's down there. No, he's not down there. Who knows? Probably in a pork chop coma somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's join hands. Ray, would you do us this honor? Do you only find think if we meet, be together as one group to listen to hear and study your word? Thank you, dear God, for your word. For in your word is life, truth, and understanding. Yes. Dear God, bless each and every one here. Go with us throughout the rest of the week and every week. Bless the ones that are not here. Yes. Have mercy upon them that would like to come but couldn't make it. Yes. And bless the ones that are being persecuted for your sake, dear God. So we ask and pray in your holy name, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Beautiful. Beautiful.